Welcome to World History Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Campbell. Ancient India Hinduism and Buddhism Hinduism has its origins in the Vedas. Based on these Aryan religious rites and hymns, early Hindus believed in the existence of a single force in the universe, a form of ultimate reality known as the Brahma. Hindus believe it is the duty of the individual self, called the Atman, to seek out this ultimate reality. In the 6th century BC, the idea of reincarnation appears in Hinduism. Reincarnation is the belief that the individual soul is eternal and is reborn into different bodies. After a certain number of reincarnations, the soul is then united with the Brahma. The Hindu idea of reincarnation and an eternal soul can be seen in the Bhagavad Gita, which is part of the epic Mahabharata. It's about a Raja named Arunja, who is about to fight a great battle against an army led by his uncle. He is upset because he has so many relatives in both armies. No matter who wins, he will suffer. He asks his chariot driver, Krishna, for advice. Krishna tells him he must act, and not to concern himself with mourning his family, because since all souls will be reincarnated anyway, no one will truly die. Krishna says, quote, Worn-out garments are shed by the body. Worn-out bodies are shed by the soul. Unquote. Reincarnation hinges upon two factors, karma and dharma. Karma is the idea that all of a person's actions are channeled into a force, and this force is what determines how a person will be reborn. Dharma is divine law, which governs karma. It requires all people to do their duty. The higher up your varna is in the jati, the more responsibilities you have. Karma and dharma govern reincarnation and support the rigid jati, since if one is born into a class, it must be according to dharma. So for lower classes, living a good life was a way to move up in the world, albeit not in this lifetime. This is why the Indian caste system was so rigid. Those people in a varna that fulfilled their responsibilities were rewarded. Those that abused their power or did not fulfill their responsibilities would be reborn as a lower caste. Hindus also practice yoga. Yoga, which means union, are a set of mental and physical techniques designed to achieve oneness with Brahma. There are many different kinds of yoga. In the 1960s, there was a movement among musicians toward Eastern philosophies and religions. In particular, the Beatles went off to an ashram for a while. This popularized the practice of yoga throughout the world. Over the centuries, Hindus develop a number of different deities. Hinduism is a very polytheistic religion, with something over 300 million gods. We will examine three of these gods, and see how they interact in the religion. The first is Brahma. Brahma is the creator, and the balance between the other two gods we will discuss, Vishnu and Shiva. Vishnu is the preserver. We've actually already met one of his avatars. An avatar is an incarnation or appearance of a god on earth, either in human or animal form. Krishna is an avatar of Vishnu. Vishnu preserves. He keeps things the way they are. Shiva, on the other hand, is the destroyer. However, the contrast between preservation and destruction is not analogous to good and bad. Some destruction can be good. For instance, cancer is cured by radiation, which destroys the tumor. Forest fires 
clear out old growth and allow new plants to flourish. In fact, there are some trees that cannot seed unless there is a forest fire. Buddhism In 563 BC, a Raja named Siddhartha Gautama was born in a small kingdom in the northeast of India, what is now Nepal. He was raised in luxury and wanted for nothing. He had everything you could want money, lots of leisure time, fancy clothes, a beautiful princess for a wife, and a young family. However, Siddhartha couldn't help but notice that everyone didn't have it as good as him. The poor, the sick, the elderly, so much suffering. So Siddhartha decided to find out how to solve humanity's problems. He shaves his head, ditches the clothes and the wealth, and abandons his family and sets off on a journey of self-discovery. First, he decided to give up everything and live an ascetic lifestyle. The ascetics practiced self-denial of everything. Siddhartha was good at self-denial. So good, he almost starves to death. Siddhartha then sets out on a series of deep meditations and eventually achieves enlightenment. He shares his teachings with others and eventually the philosophy known as Buddhism spreads throughout Southeast and South Asia. Siddhartha denies the reality of the material world all of life's sufferings were caused by desires and people's attachments to material things, Siddhartha said. Only by letting go of all earthly desires can one proceed toward nirvana. Nirvana means to extinguish, like blowing out a candle. In this case, it means to extinguish the self, the ego. Siddhartha was raised a Hindu and accepted some aspects of Hinduism, but rejected others. For instance, he accepted reincarnation, but rejected the Rijijati system. His idea of moving up through reincarnation was to achieve nirvana and get out of the birth-death-birth cycle. Since Siddhartha Gautama achieves nirvana, he extinguishes his individual self. He ceases to become known as Siddhartha Gautama and instead is known as the Buddha or the Enlightened One. According to the Buddha, there are four noble truths that a Buddhist must acknowledge in order to set himself on the path to achieve nirvana. The first is that ordinary life is full of suffering. Second, this suffering is caused by our desire to satisfy ourselves. Third, the way to end suffering is to end desire for selfish goals and to see others as an extension of ourselves. And finally, the way to end desire is to follow the Eightfold Path, is a series of guidelines for Buddhists to live their lives. First. Buddhists must have the right view. Buddhists need to know the Four Noble Truths. Second, Buddhists must have the right intention. They must decide what they really want. Third, Buddhists must practice right speech. Buddhists must seek to speak the truth and to speak well of others. Fourth, Buddhists must act right. They must not kill, they must not steal, they must not lie. Fifth, Buddhists must practice a right livelihood. They must do work that uplifts their being. Sixth, Buddhists practice right effort. Buddhists do not give up. Seventh, Buddhists practice right mindfulness. Buddhists try to keep their minds in control of their senses at all times. And finally, eight, Buddhists practice right connection. Buddhists meditate to see the world in a new way. Hinduism and Buddhism share similar traits but also have some differences at their starts. 
Hinduism is a polytheistic religion, believing in reincarnation with a rigid caste system. Buddhism is a philosophy, at least in its original form. It shares Hinduism's belief in reincarnation, but has no caste and rejects material wealth. Buddhism was popular with Indian people for hundreds of years, but it was open to interpretation. Things the Buddha said could be taken more than one way. This leads to a split in Buddhism. Around the first century AD, there was a split in Buddhism. The first group were the Theravada Buddhists. Theravada means teachings of the elders. They believed in the original teachings of Buddha. They saw Buddhism as a way of life and claimed that understanding oneself is the chief way to gain nirvana. This group saw Buddhism as a way of life, not a religion. In Northwest India, Mahayana Buddhism was popular. This sect stressed nirvana was reached through devotion to Buddha and said Theravada was too strict for common people. Mahayana Buddhism is a religion, not a philosophy, with devotion to Buddha as a divine figure. Neither group remained popular in India, as we shall see. However, Buddhism was very successful in other parts of Asia though. Myanmar, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, and Sri Lanka have large populations of Theravada Buddhists. China, Nepal, Japan, Korea, and Vietnam have large populations of Mahayana Buddhists. This has been an episode of World History Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Campbell. Thank you for listening. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons by attribution share-alike non-commercial 3.0 license. For more information about Creative Commons licensing, please visit creativecommons.org. Music for today's podcast was provided by jamendo.com. The song you heard in today's podcast was Maharaja Song by Mirabar off the album Snake Charmer Indian Tour, available for download at jamendo.com. 